Everybody, what is going on? I hope you're having the best goddamn day in the world, much like my cat Loki, who is just the cuddliest boy today. If that doesn't put a smile on your face, screw you. Well, all right, <laughs> let's get into this one. So let me flip my camera around so I can actually start recording. There we go. Awesome. So today's episode, you've seen the title. Uh, it is going to be essentially all things weight loss. Um, hormones, genetics, all those fun things, starvation mode, metabolic adaptation, all the fun stuff that we need to know at a sort of base level. I'm going to try and simplify most of it. I'm not going to bother going into a major science experiment about literally anything. And my cat's climbing everywhere. Um, because there is no point in doing all of that because it will fly over a lot of people's heads. So I'm going to try and simplify a lot of it and try and make some analogies, which will almost, I'm guaranteeing, will be terrible analogies, but <laughs> I'm going to try and stay on track as much as I can. And hopefully from here, uh, we will have a better understanding of how weight loss works. And of course, as usual, if there is anything in here that you want to talk about, you have questions about, shoot them through to me on Instagram, because that is where I am typically the most active. Don't even bother sending me shit on TikTok because I barely check it. Um, I essentially post my stuff, get out, and I only get a notification when someone comments and nine times out of 10, they are just fucking stupid comments. Anyway, so first thing we're going to be talking about is starvation mode. And the one thing I want to talk about, the first thing I want to really talk about is how it sort of came to be. One of the, I suppose, ways that it came to be or that it came to be a thing, I suppose, is that a lot of people believe in starvation mode because of a little thing called metabolic adaptation. And that is essentially all you need to know. And people that are trying to sound somewhat smart, or I suppose just have an idea of what they're talking about, uh, they will use the term metabolic adaptation because it sounds a lot fancier than this is my new metabolism. Sounds a lot fancier. It is also the correct term, but I don't know. I, I just have a weird association when people are like, wow, this is metabolic adaptation because they're trying to sound a lot smarter than they actually are when it was just like, hey, that person was on 1600 calories. Now they're on 1800 calories and they're not putting on weight. Cool. Like I, I love simplifying things because that's how I learned and learning the correct terminology and making sure that I was communicating that to everyone at all times became very exhausting and I could not be fucked trying to keep it up. So I simplified everything as best that I could because that's how I learned. So I just assume that's how everyone learns. So starvation mode, people would often under eat for so long that they would eventually hit a plateau. And you may have experienced this or know someone that has experienced this where they eat 1500 calories and they lose 10 kilos on 1500 calories. And then out of nowhere, they go, oh my God, I am stuck at 80 kilos as a rough example. I'm stuck at 80 kilos. I've been on 1500 calories for the past six months and I just, I'm not seeing any more weight loss. What has happened there most likely is what I just said, metabolic adaptation, your body and its processes have adapted to the stimulus and the energy that you have provided it. So Essentially what that means is your body says, right, these amount of calories are coming in. This is how much we burn and it adjusts the body. This is a fucking terrible analogy already. It adjusts the body to say, cool, 1500 is now your maintenance calories, meaning you're not going to lose and you're not going to put on weight. This is 
homeostasis. This is where we like being, this is where we want to be, and this is where, screw you, we are going to stay in terms of weight loss. So, how do you fix that? How do you get out of that very crappy metabolic adaptation? And this is commonly seen where people say, I eat 1200 calories a day and I cannot lose weight on it. Two things on that. One, you are either not eating 1200 calories and not losing weight because that is an insanely low number, or if you are a bodybuilder or someone that has been religiously tracking calories at 1200 every single day and you've gotten it right and you've weighed out all your food and your milk and your coffee and the biscuit here and there and you've weighed out quite literally every single calorie that you consume either through eating or drinking or fucking intravenously i don't know but every single calorie and you're at 1200 i'm going to assume that you have done that then if it's not a logging issue or an under-reporting issue, because people can and often do under-report their calories by up to as much as 40%. That is not just a random number I've pulled out of my ass. That is from a lot of papers that tend to back up what I'm saying. And now Loki is trying to get out of the window and he's failing terribly. Give me one second. I am so sorry. Here you go. So, there you go. Get out. So, <laughs> thank you for being patient. So one of the ways that we get out of this is essentially metabolic adaptation has occurred, meaning that your body has said, right, 1200 calories, this is where it is, this is where we are, we are going to stay here, we don't want to lose any more weight because we are dying. That is one thing that I say to people as they sign up or before they sign up or anything. Your body has no idea you want to look good. It does not. Your body is not going, right, it's winter, that means we've got six months until we can get ready for summer. Your body is essentially just going like, hey, uh, we want to try and put on as much fat as possible because uh, last winter um, it was very cold and, you know, we got, we got cold. So we're going to try and put on as much fat as we can so that way we don't get as cold. Yeah. Your body knows that you are either surviving or dying. It doesn't realize that you want to look good. It doesn't know that you want to try and fit into some new genes or new this or new that. It only just goes... Are you dying? No? Okay, awesome. Well, then keep doing what you're doing because obviously you're not dying. When you under consume calories for such a long period of time, your body goes, hey, you're dying. We're not getting enough nutrients. Uh, we're going to send out signals so that you can go and look for food. Insert hunger cue, hunger hormones, satiety hormones. And they are going to go, hey, this is fucked. Go get us some nutrients because we're dying out here, Susan. And as soon as you start to do that, and if you do ignore that process, then your body goes, right, we're not getting enough nutrients there. So we're going to shut down a bodily process. And obviously it's going to try and keep the bare minimums available, such as your brain, your heart, your lungs, and vital organs that you need. Um, this is commonly seen in bodybuilders, particularly females, when they underconsume calories and there is not enough nutrients coming in, there is a little something where, where they lose their period. It is called hypothalamic amenorrhea. That is where there is not enough nutrients coming in to the point where your body quite literally loses its menstrual cycle because it does not have enough nutrients for you to then start a menstrual cycle and the amount of energy that it takes to perform that action. The body completely starts to shut down. So, and as many as some people go, wow, give up food and my period? Fucking thank you. Um, not how it works. <laughs> Unfortunately not. From birth till death, you only have health and you will always need food. 
They are just inevitabilities of life. You will always need food or you will die. So, this is one of those things where if people have a bad relationship with food or they just don't have that sort of like, I use food to nourish myself and they do have that sort of food as fuel, you know, that's not terrible, but definitely better ways to be living. It's all about the perception and the emotions and the mindset behind why are you doing what you're doing. So, as I'll get to that a little bit later, but getting out of a plateau, and this is sort of why starvation mode doesn't exist, it's just purely because it's metabolic adaptation. You under-eat amount of calories, your body will adapt to that. And how you get out of that is, as some of you may have guessed it, most likely not, is through the exact same process of metabolic adaptation. So instead of being at 1200 calories and trying to lose weight and thinking that a calorie deficit is the magical answer to absolutely everything, instead you do something called reverse dieting, which is essentially exactly what you've just done, metabolic adaptation, but in the reverse way, trying to put on weight without putting on heaps of fat. You do this very slowly. For example, if you're on 1200 calories, all you would need to do is quite literally, for most of my clients, I put on about 10% of calories. Um, it 100% depends on the person, everything they're doing, but I believe just chuck on 10% of calories, keep doing exactly what you're doing. If you want, you can have a deload or a devolumization period or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Give yourself an extra 10% of calories and do that for a week and see how you feel. If your weight doesn't change, fuck yeah, up it again, another 10%. Then you should be at around about 1500 calories. And if nothing happens again, give it another week. And if, another, if nothing happens again, another temp, and just slowly, very gradually, keep putting the calories up by a small increment. So it's not 1200 calories back up to 2500 calories because your metabolism, remember, has gone down to match that slower metabolism at about 1200, if I'm using these arbitrary numbers. So if you're eating 1200 calories, and you have been consuming 1200 calories. Oh my God, I screwed that whole thing up. <laughs> if you have been consuming 1200 calories and your metabolism has essentially adapted to that metabolic adaptation down to the 1200 calories and you're not losing weight. This is why people believe starvation mode exists because you have metabolically adapted to that 1200 calories. How do you get out of that? Add 10% of calories to it and see what happens to your weight. Stay on that for a solid week. If nothing happens to your weight, add another 10%. What we're trying to do is gain as much muscle as possible without putting on heaps of fat. Or, quite literally, just get you out of the hole of feeling terrible without having to yo-yo diet, put all the weight back on, or anything like that. The pure goal of a reverse diet is purely to get you eating normal calories again, 15, 16, 17, 18, 2200 calories, whatever is somewhat normal. But we cannot go from 1200 calories to 2000 calories and expect to not put weight on. This is why we do it very slowly because of the process that happens when you eat too little metabolic adaptation. The important thing is that we have to allow the body time to adapt to the stimulus and the energy that we are providing it. So if we instantly go from 1200 to 2000 calories, consuming 2000 calories, then we haven't given any time for our body whose metabolism is very slow at the moment at 1200. Now we're over consuming and in a calorie surplus of 800 calories. So we're going to put on a lot of fat that way. Whereas if our metabolism is 1200 calories and it is that slow because you've been under consuming for that long, if we put on, let's just say 1350 calories, We'll put on 1350 calories. You're only in a surplus of 150 calories. So it's very unlikely you're going to put on large amounts of fat. Then once you start plateauing at 1350 calories, 
bump it up again, 1500 calories. Then you let your body adapt to that. So the slower you go, the less fat, more likely, or the less fat you are to put on. Because while we're doing this metabolic adaptation, what are we doing in the background? We're also going to the gym, we're lifting heavy shit, we're attempting to build muscle. And by building muscle, hopefully, and I say hopefully, we're putting on more muscle, building muscle, and the fat isn't coming as quickly as we would have liked it. Whereas if we had have just jumped straight to the 800 calorie surplus, more than likely, we would have put on a lot of fat. So this is why it's very important to very slowly reverse diet, let your body adapt to all the stimulus and energy that you are giving it. That is how you reverse diet. Then what do you do once you've reverse dieted? Once you're eating a normal amount of calories, 1800 calories as a rough example, then you can decide once you've got all those foods and calories and everything, do I want to trim down again? Do I want to continue losing weight? Do I want to maintain where I'm at? Do I want to put on... Once you're back to a quote unquote normal metabolism, then you can decide what you want to do. But if you're on 1200 calories and then restricting calories even more, and then you hit that plateau at a thousand calories and you restrict even more, that's not the way to go about it. Health and fitness, particularly when it comes to weight loss, your brain doesn't know that you're trying to survive or sorry, your brain doesn't know that you're trying to look good. So all it does is say, Hey, we're either, either surviving or dying. So one of the ways to get out of that is to eventually think of health and fitness and particularly weight loss as two step forwards, one step back. You are always going to slow your metabolism down by decreasing the amount of calories that you consume. So therefore, if you are, example, burning 2000 calories at the moment, you go into a calorie deficit, you lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, all the way down until 1300, 1200 calories. Then you go, oh my God, I'm plateauing. Then you take a step back slowly reverse diet back up to 1800 calories. So instead of going from hundred kilos down to 80 and then putting the weight back onto hundred, because you just go back to what you were doing before. Now you've gone from 2000 calories at hundred kilos down to 1200 calories at 80 kilos. Now you've reverse dieted for, I'm just going to say six weeks as a random number, you reverse dieted for six weeks. And now your metabolism is back up to 1800. Realistically, I'd have to do these numbers at an individual basis. Again, these are arbitrary numbers, but now you've gone up to 83 kilos and your metabolism is maintaining itself at 1800 calories. Now, when you go to a 1200 calorie diet, you're now in a calorie deficit of 600 calories. So now you're going to be in a rather generous deficit from 83 kilos instead of absolutely punishing and killing yourself at 80 kilos, trying to be on 1200 calories and not seeing results. This is why reverse dieting is such a massive process and it is an absolutely essential step for you not burning out, continuing to lose weight and making sure that you have your sanity long term. Because a lot of the clients that I work with, we're not looking at 12 week results. We're not looking for six kilos in four weeks or we're not bodybuilding or anything like that. Realistically, people come with come to me to fix major lifestyle issues, anxiety in particular. Why am I thinking these things? Why do I have a bad relationship with food? And a lot of the results that I take all of my clients through are lifestyle and long lasting for the rest of your life results and education. So anything that I speak about and all the context given is in that context of this is going to help you for the rest of your life. I couldn't give a shit if my clients sign up for 12 weeks and see five kilos of weight loss. If I manage to educate them on here's how you lose weight safely and sustainably for the rest of your life. When realistically, no other coach has given them that. 
They've always given them a meal plan, eat this much and then you'll be fine. You'll see results doing that. So now people are caught in this weird hamster wheel of a fucking thing where they think that all their results are going to come from meal plan, calorie deficit, calorie deficit, meal plan, calorie deficit, high intensity interval training. And it's just that one coach after another, after another, after another, and the client gets so fucking fed up and I can understand their frustration. And this is exactly why I created the fitness freedom transformation program and the fitness genie so that people could actually finally have a fucking answer to meal plans to high intensity interval training gyms, to box gyms, to all of these fucking generic things that keep you stuck paying a weekly or monthly amount and keeping you caught in, if you don't continue to pay this gym or this trainer or this person, that you're going to lose your results. So therefore you need to keep paying us, which I understand the gym and the trainer have to make money, but you you can do that in such a better way that helps people in a much more sustainable long-term effort exactly what I'm doing. And that's why I've done what I've done. So every piece of information I will give you is always contextual to the point of this is going to help you for the rest of your life, not just for one week, not just for this is how you do this. Unless of course you're messaging me individually. And I expressly say that ah, drink break. Um, so starvation mode, we fucked that right off. That's essentially just metabolic adaptation. How to get out of a plateau, you reverse diet that shit. Now we get to the fun part where people are going to be like, <laughs> hopefully that's not you. I mean, you're listening to the podcast, so you've got to have some sort of intellect. So that's awesome. Um, so hormones, I'm not going to get into this massively. I'm going to explain this at the bare bones sort of here's why, because it is so goddamn individual to the person and everything that is happening for them. I'm going to give you general advice over how hormones influence things. So, ooh, my face. Oh, that drink made me burp. All right then, so hormones. They do not trump the law of thermodynamics. And the reason I say that is because burning calories and consuming calories is essentially thermodynamics. Calories are essentially just units of measurement for heat. That's why we say burning calories. We don't say liquefying calories or anything like that. We say burn calories because it quite literally is what we do to calories. We burn them. That's why when you overconsume heaps of protein that has a large thermic effect, you start to get meat sweats because your body is like, how in the absolute fuck are we going to break down all this protein? And then it you become so hot internally from breaking down all that protein that you start sweating. You try to cool yourself down. Fun fact for you. Hormones will always influence things such as satiety, mood, energy levels, um, just a whole bunch of things. They don't magically make you put on weight or if you have this particular hormone that you're going to put on weight. And the easiest way I can explain this is the menstrual cycle. And again, I can't speak from experience because I don't have a menstrual cycle or I don't think I do. Sometimes it feels like I do, but anyway, um, menstrual cycle. This is very, again, individual because I've had some clients that have signed up and the menstrual cycle hasn't affected them at all. They just keep going like normal, like bitches. But then I've had some people sign up where that time of the month hits and two days before they go, I'm going to eat the fucking drywall 
of my house. I am that hungry. And if a horse came in here, I would hog tie it and throw it on the goddamn stove, Travis. And so, <laughs> some, what the fuck goes through my mind when I record these things? Um, but some people, it doesn't affect them. Other people, they are ready to fucking nuke Korea because they're just like, I've had a bad sleep. That's it. I'm going to kill you. And they could eat anything and they can do literally nothing. So these are the hormones that affect people differently. And this is why I'm going to say this. If you've had an easy menstrual cycle, you may find that losing weight is pretty easy. You can still go to the gym. You still eat your normal stuff. You know, you might have a little mood swing here or there, but that's about it. People that have a very opposite effect, people that have a very taxing menstrual cycle, I suppose that's the easiest way I can say it. Um, what happens... What happens when you have that really taxing menstrual cycle? Because all the hormones are fluctuating and flowing through your body and you feel like you could box a kangaroo. Most likely, you do absolutely nothing. Sit on the couch, and I'm not saying this to make you feel guilty, I'm just giving you a little bit of perspective because it is 100% necessary and people that do have that taxing menstrual cycle, I say, lean into whatever it is that you need to do because realistically, it's going to be four, five, six days of the month. We can deal with that. So, realistically, if you have that very taxing menstrual cycle, you're sitting on the couch, you're not moving, You some people uh, don't do their gym sessions or don't go to the gym at all, or they will just switch it for cardio. They will switch up their physical activity. They don't get as many steps in, and often they sit on the couch and eating chocolate or KFC or whatever it is that's their sort of like go-to cravings of food. So, and this is gonna sound fucking terrible, but the thing about this is that the hormones didn't make you put on weight. The hormones affected your physical activity and your calorie consumption, which led to an energy imbalance, which led to you putting on weight. That's how it works. So it's not the fact that you've had these hormones in your body and those hormones caused weight gain. It's the fact that the hormones affected another response. So it's like a step-by-step -step thing. And at the end of the process is, did you overconsume calories for what you burned? If the answer is yes, you're going to put on weight. Everything comes back to that final question of, did you overconsume calories for how much you burned? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, well, then you're going to put on weight. If the answer is no, you're not going to put on weight. Or if it's even, then you're not going to do anything. You're not going to lose all gain. But having those amount of hormones in your body, and of course... General advice, having those amount of hormones in your body, if you had all those hormones in your body, but somehow managed to soldier on, get your workouts done, still get your steps in, um, maybe increase your calories just a little bit to accommodate for the cravings and everything. If you still manage to do all that, despite being on your menstrual cycle, that is very taxing. Most likely, I'm going to ask the question again, did you consume more calories than what you burned for the day? The answer is no, because you got your steps up, because you went to the gym, because you still managed to do some things, then you're not going to put on weight, even though you had those amount of hormones flowing through your body. So it's not the, like everyone talks about the, or addresses and is aware of the symptoms. For example, the most common thing I hear, and it is a hundred percent valid around my menstrual cycle, I cannot lose weight. Realistically, it's because of the process that I just described. 
because it affects your physical activity, because it affects what you want to do, what you want to eat, and what and you know what you should be doing, but it, like you should know what you should be doing in terms of weight loss. However, when it comes to being on your menstrual cycle, and if you are that taxed and you cannot do anything and you want to throw a wall through a horse, wow, you want to throw a horse through a wall. There we go. If you could throw a fucking wall through a horse. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, it's going to be a good part. Good podcast. It's going to be a good pastor, everyone. It's going to be a good podcast. All right. This is why me and intellect don't go well together. So even though you've got all those hormones flowing through your body, the question at the end of that is going to be, did you consume more calories than what you burned for the day? It's always going to come down to that. So hormones will 100% influence everything within your health and fitness. But if you manage to somehow soldier on and get through it, despite the amount of hormones that were in your body, and you still went to the gym and you still track calories and you still did everything, despite the amount of hormones that were in your body, realistically, you could still lose weight and you would still lose weight if you did all that stuff and were in a calorie deficit, despite the hormones flowing through your body. However, it does come down to the hormones affected this within the body or within me or within my lifestyle so it's no longer hormones cause weight gain it's hormones influenced my satiety and mood and energy levels and everything and i didn't want to track and i slept terribly those things influenced my calorie or my metabolism those things influenced my metabolism which means i didn't want to do as much which means i for the amount that i was moving i overconsumed calories that's all it is. And it, of course, depends on person to person. I would not recommend, first off, if you do have some sort of menstrual cycle that makes you, that just knocks you out, then add some calories in. And for a lot of my clients, I often say, track your menstrual cycle so that when it comes up to that time, we understand that, hey, it's time to add in some extra calories so that you can indulge in the cravings so that we can essentially have a structured menstrual cycle week off essentially. So that way, when we come back to it, we put you back into a maintenance phase. So that way you feel like you're over consuming your calories, you're leaning into your cravings, but you're not actually putting on weight. That's another little thing that I do for a lot of my clients is meeting them where they're at. There's no point in being in a fucking calorie deficit for an entire week if it's going to make you even worse mentally, because then what do you do mentally? Burnout. And then once you've burned out, that week on your menstrual cycle turns into the week after, which then turns into the week after that, you're feeling guilty about the week before. And then three weeks out of the month, we're fucked. And then we get one good week and then, hey, we're back into the menstrual cycle. So sometimes it is better to slow down. And by sometimes, I mean pretty much all the fucking time for every single client that comes on board. Anyway, that's hormones. For example, leptin and ghrelin, they are hormones. They are your satiety hormones. If you have a bad sleep, it is going to be a lot harder for you to judge if you are satisfied or if you are hungry or not. Because based on the sleep that you have, essentially when you go to sleep, the easiest way I can describe it is it flushes your body of everything from that day. And then it starts replacing them and starts going through them. And this is why people say that sleep is the most important thing for weight loss. Because if you wake up and you've had a shit night's sleep, you will not be able to tell the difference between, am I just upset or am I hungry or am I bored and what's going on and why do I eat stuff? And you just have this weird insatiable hunger. So leptin is, leptin is the one, 
Leptin is a mediator of long-term regulation of energy balance, suppressing food intake, and thereby inducing weight loss. That sounds about right. Yeah. So leptin is the one that essentially is like, hey, I'm full. I don't need to consume any more calories. When you have that hormone in your body, leptin just goes, hell yeah, don't need to do shit. But if you have ghrelin, and the easiest way I remember this, ghrelin sounds like goblin. Sounds like a little fucking green bastard sitting in your body. Like, give us all the food ever. That's That's ghrelin. And what it does is essentially exactly like that little role play I just did was it wants you to eat more. So if you have a leptin ghrelin imbalance, for example, if you have more ghrelin in your body than you do leptin, you are more than likely, and they work quite literally as a pendulum. Pendulum? Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, if you have more ghrelin than you do leptin, you are going to be hungrier through the day because it is a fast acting hormone and it makes you want to go get food. It makes you hungry. It is the hormone that says, hey, I need food. Let's go get it. So that's what it does. Whereas leptin goes, hey, no, chill out, bro. It's fine. Just don't worry about it. We're fine. Totally cool. That's leptin. Very different. Leptin is chill fucking Matthew McConaughey in that movie that is escaping my mind. Anyway, and ghrelin is just fucking golem. Let's just call it that. Ghrelin is golem. It just wants food. It's always obsessed with the ring. All that dumb shit that I could say that is pretty much nerdy. And all of that happens just from you having a terrible night's sleep. So that's why one of the first things I fix for people is get a good sleep routine. And let's focus on some carbs, really. Anywho. Where am I? And I've got some notes here because I knew this was going to be a big one for people. So, medications. Yes. Now, again, there are so many goddamn medications out there. It is impossible for me to address every single one of them. However, the one that I can speak on experience or from experience and the amount of different medications I was on were anxiety medications and antidepressants. So, the most common one that I get is birth control. Almost everyone is on birth control when they first come to me. And, you know, I don't tell them to do anything with their medication. That is 100% their body, their choice. Do whatever the fuck they want. That is up to them. But birth control is often not the reason why people are overweight. If people want to admit defeat and they want something to blame, sure, go for it. However, um, hopefully my experience from antidepressants as to what I'm going to run through now is going to give you a little bit of context as to why different medications could be affecting weight gain. So, and again, individual results may vary. Pretend there's a fucking asterisk on this entire goddamn podcast. So, when I was on antidepressants, I 100% solely believed that they were the reason that I could not lose weight. At the end of the day, when I was on antidepressants, I am not who I am today. When I was on antidepressants, everything was gray. I was zombified. I was nothing. I was just existing in the cosmos because that's what the medication did. It didn't stimulate me. It just made me not depressed. So when I had this massive down with a massive neutral effect, then it just sort of like, eh, yeah, didn't want to do anything. Very lethargic, very apathetic. And the thing of looking back now, 
when I was in that moment and taking the medication, I hundred percent, and I, this is why I understand where people are coming from in terms of when I was living it, I a hundred percent believe that I'm on medication or I'm on this medication. And my doctor even said to me, losing weight on this medication is going to be rather difficult. And I a hundred percent believed him because when I took it, I was like, Oh, I'm still fat. Oh. And I was like, ah, oh, well, it must be the antidepressants. But realistically looking back, I was that apathetic in doing stuff that it affected all of my lifestyle. The antidepressants became my lifestyle. I didn't want to go to the gym. I didn't want to look after my health. I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to do anything. I was, I, I moved away from wanting to die, but that doesn't mean that I was ready to take on the world and I had all this energy and everything like that. It was just all the different medications I was on. It was about me just existing. So when it came to me like, oh yeah, I suppose I should go to the gym, lose some weight, go to the gym, pump out a rep or two, or pump out a set or two, go on the treadmill for 10 minutes. Yeah, I might go do a plank. Might go do a little bit of this. Yeah, I might just see how many push-ups I can get. Oh, that was pretty cool. <sighs> anyway, I suppose I'll go home now. And despite the fact of me being at the gym for an hour and a half, I did fuck all there. It was just me killing time to say that I was at the gym. So when I look back of how hard I was working or like quality versus quantity of work, quantity outweighed quality 100%. So at the end of the day, taking antidepressants didn't leave me overweight or they didn't cause me to be overweight. What they did was they 100% affected my lifestyle in terms of I didn't want to do anything. I don't want to look at my nutrition. I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to face any of these things that are going to make me feel something. Because if I feel something right now, it's, it's almost impossible to feel something. But if I do, I feel like it's going to be a negative thing. So... I didn't do anything. And when I eventually started getting off the medication and started being like, well, being a zombie feels like shit. I'd rather be, I'd rather have the amount of mood swings and depressive thoughts because that way, at least I know I'm feeling something. So that way I know that I'm alive as opposed to being a zombie and just doing fuck all. That's what caused me to eventually get off the antidepressants. And then after doing that, I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I need to have a gym routine. I need to have some sort of structure so that when I wake up, I have a purpose, which is still very much a big driver for me today. But looking back when I was living it, I was like, yeah, antidepressants, I can't lose weight because I'm on this medication. And my doctor even said it'll be harder to lose weight on the medication. Doctors often say that, but what they fail to also recognize is that, you know, they're not going to say, because you've often got about 10 minutes with them. And I've asked my doctor this plenty of times and he's agreed with me as well. And, you know, it could be from doctor, doctor or whatever the fuck. Anyway, he said it will affect your lifestyle. He hundred percent, he came out and said it. He, he didn't come out and say it like it was a big fucking revelation, but he agreed with me. He said, the reason that most people put on weight is because it will affect their lifestyle and their behaviors more than it will their internal more than it will their, um, what did he say? Cognition, I'll say. I don't know. I can't remember the word that he used. It was really fucking fancy. And I was like, ooh, big word. But now I can't fucking remember it. Damn it. But the important thing of that is that he agreed that it would affect your lifestyle and behaviors more than it will your essential internal being for putting on weight. And putting on weight at the end of the day. Was I burning more calories than I was consuming while on medication? No. Why? Because the medication caused me to not do anything at the gym, caused me to not want to get my steps up. I was probably averaging about 
1500, 2000 steps a day. I just wasn't burning any calories. I was just staying still, doing nothing, being a zombie. So of course, having that extreme low metabolism from being on the medication means that I would naturally overconsume calories because the metabolism is too low. But it's not the medication made me put on weight. It's the symptoms of the medication that caused me to change my lifestyle and behaviors, which then led to an energy imbalance, which then led me to put on weight. So again, everything that we're talking about at the end of the day, everything is going to come down to an energy imbalance. It's not the fact that anything will, anything magical out there or whatever will make you put on fat when you're in a calorie deficit. Because if you're in a calorie deficit, a true calorie deficit, you will lose weight, regardless of what's happening in the body. The thing of where a lot of people, including myself, used to get, well, I used to get confused, but people still get confused about this, is that your metabolism changes every single day. So if on one day, and this is why people say, I was eating 1200 calories and I didn't lose weight, that's a whole nother fucking can of worms. But let's just say for this example, people go, I eat 1200 calories and I don't lose weight. Yes, because your metabolism is probably very slow. Let's look at the contents of what you're saying. It's not just, I'm eating 1200 calories and not losing weight. Realistically, I've had a client on 1200 calories and that was their maintenance phase because they were so small. Um, tiny human being. But anyway, um, like 410, 411, I don't know. Anyway, and being on that 1200 calories is awesome. But if you have a sedentary job and you don't go to the gym and you don't get any steps, 1200 calories might be a maintenance phase for you. Just because it's 1200 calories doesn't mean it's evil. And as much as I do say 1200 calories, because that is the quote unquote recommended minimum intake from a lot of societies out there in terms of like dietitians, nutritionists, doctors, all those things, because it is typically the lowest number that you will need. However, there are some people out there based on body type, uh, job level, absolutely like job level, um, job physicality, like how f physically active you are at work, lifestyle factors, fucking lean body. Like there are so many factors that go into building your metabolism. So if you say you didn't eat 1200 or you were eating 1200 calories, but you didn't lose weight on that, let's figure out why. Don't just label as like, oh, I didn't lose weight because of a hormone or because of genetics or because of anything like this. At the end of the day, it's going to be an energy imbalance. That is the only thing that will determine if you lost weight or not. And everything we have spoken about today will 100% influence your energy imbalance and your metabolism. However, if you are in a calorie deficit, even if you had all the hormones flowing through your body and all the wrong genetics and all the everything ever in the world that could potentially hold you back and you were still in a calorie deficit, you would still lose weight. However, I'll give you, I'll throw you a however. If you had all those things, it would be very difficult to get into a calorie deficit. So... A lot of people believe they're in a calorie deficit, but not losing weight. If you are not losing weight, you are not in a calorie deficit. So if you had all those, whatever the fuck's going wrong for you, it would be very hard to figure out where your deficit is without tracking your calories. And I don't know how people get like this, but they say, yep, 
I'm in a calorie deficit. Do you track your food? No, I just know that I'm in a calorie deficit. Well, then how do you know how many calories you're exactly consuming or ballpark average of how many you're consuming apart from your belief or just eyeballing this and saying, ah, fuck, it's probably 1,200 calories? You got no fucking idea, do you? First off, you're telling me you're in a calorie deficit and you're not losing weight. That tells me fucking everything I need to know about your intellectual capacity. Whoo! Settle down, Travi. Settle down. You gotta settle down there, partner. Alrighty, so... This is why it's going to be super important to, if you are stuck, if you cannot lose weight, if your metabolism, if you've plateaued for however fucking long that it's been, if you are sick of genetics or medication or hormones or anything like this being the quote unquote reason that you can't lose weight, then it's time to do something different. It's time to track your calories, figure out where it is that we could be going wrong. And for almost every single person that comes on board, it's not about be on this meal plan, be on this amount of calories, be on this amount of macros. And I'm going to contradict myself massively here. For a lot of people, and there are fucking psychological studies on this, losing weight is more about the emotional psychological game as it is to uh, tracking calories. Why? I'm going to answer this for you because I know I'm going to get questions on it. If I have someone join the program, for example, and they consistently go through programs, and this is a real life example, if they have done keto, paleo, Mediterranean, intermittent fasting, done fucking every diet in the book, and they're still overweight, what is the common denominator there? It is them. How have they dealt with every situation, every program, everything they've ever done? How have they responded to that finishing or getting through that? And this is why my program takes people through the mindset behind change. Because you can be in a deficit and you can lose weight. You can get an awesome before and after by paying 50 bucks a week. You can get an, you can lose weight by doing next to fuck all. It's very simple to lose weight. It is. It is very, it's very, very, very simple. It is almost that simple that it is a throwaway of my program. Every single person that comes on board, I'm like, yeah, weight loss will happen. That'll happen in the background. However, what I'm going to be focusing on, and I go through the mindset stuff that they've been struggling with. If I help that person not identify as a failure when they overconsume their calories, do you think that's going to help them in the long run? Can you see the value in fixing that as opposed to just another program? Can you see the value in fixing the anxiety or overthinking behind, I shouldn't have eaten that. Oh, what if I've done that? Now I need to adjust my calories for the rest of the week. Oh my God, Trav's going to yell at me because I've overconsumed this week. Oh my God, I've got a party coming up on the weekend. What do I do for that? Every single client that comes on board for weight loss, the common denominator, wow, the common denominator in the program from every single client is that I have dealt with them with empathy and emotional intelligence. Weight loss will happen. It is inevitable. You are going to lose weight if you take care of yourself emotionally and mentally. Because what happens when you're feeling happier and you don't feel like a failure and you feel like you've finally got hope and someone has thrown you a fucking lifesaver and the Titanic sinking, you're in one of those boats. Not in the Titanic, but in the life preserver boats. Because that would be awkward. 
What happens when you finally feel like you have a lifeline and you can see results and you can do this and there are new ways to see results and you can lose weight despite the shit hand that you have been dealt in life? Well, then you're going to lose weight. You're going to follow up being happy with things that make you happy. You're going to find that going to the gym makes you happier because you're finally seeing results. And then you finally see results and you go, holy fuck, this hasn't happened in 10 years. I haven't been under 100 kilos in 10 years, 90 kilos in 10 years. I have these results happening so fucking often through my program because the number one thing that we work with and that we deal on, that we deal on, that we deal with is emotional intelligence and what's going on mentally. Why are they... Why is the client where they are? Why are they consistently overweight? Why are they consistently failing programs? Why are they consistently overeating? Why are they consistently doing all of these things that they know they shouldn't be doing when it comes to weight loss? Why are they doing those things? Because they're not very emotionally intelligent. They don't know how to deal with anxiety, overwhelm, structure, planning. There are so many more mental and emotional barriers that we have to go through that's just weight loss. So when I say weight loss... I really just mean fixing yourself mentally and emotionally. Because if you're happier, you're going to do shit that makes you happier. It's like listening to a sad song when you're already upset. It's just reinforcing the behavior that you've currently got. So a lot of people come to me initially and they say, I've tried everything in the book. Let's try this as well. And I go, fucking hang on a minute there. If you're going to do this, it costs this much. And this is exactly what we're going to be going through. And they go, hang on a minute there. I don't want to deal with my emotions or past trauma because I feel like I'm okay. It's like, all right, we'll message me in five years when you realize that you're not. And we'll go from there. If I help someone and deal with them with empathy and help their emotional state, that is a hundred times better than just changing their physical state. If I can change their emotional and mental state, their physical state will just change as a byproduct of being happy. That's what my program does. That's why I do what I do. So when people are so frustrated with hormones, genetics, medications, or whatever fucking else there is out there, starvation mode, literally anything that could be affecting their weight gain, why do they believe that? And this is the question that I don't have time to answer for every single person. Why do you believe in starvation mode? Why do you believe that carbs are the enemy? Why do you believe that you should be not eating after 6 p.m.? Why do you believe what you believe? No one fucking questions it until someone like me comes along and says, hey, you're fucking wrong. Here's why. And they go, oh, you're wrong. But a lot of your problems could be fixed if you just shut the fuck up and listen. And I'm saying that mainly to everybody that is yelling as opposed to listening or asking the question. A lot of your problems could be fixed if you and ask a question and wait for an answer. Get all the context that you need and then make a decision. Because almost every single person, including myself, has a belief system somewhere that doesn't serve them and they consistently rely on it. And it's not until I actually learn to shut the fuck up and listen to my mentors, to peer-reviewed science papers out there, and actually put my head down to do some research that I started changing my belief systems. And while I say that hormones, genetics, all that, they do play an influencing factor in weight gain and weight loss and everything like that. They influence your metabolism. But they are not the determining factor. But how can we fix those things 
if they are a pain in the ass. Let's figure out why they're there. Let's address the issue with awareness so that we can turn it into a problem so that we can fix the problem. Because if you go through your life blissfully unaware of the root cause of all of your problems could just be a shitty belief system that you've held on to because you learnt it at such a young age, you're fucked. And I mean that with as, <laughs> I mean that with as much love as I can. We need to be figuring out why do you believe what you believe? Is it because someone said it to you when you were really young and you held on to that and you just took it as a pure, this is it, this has to be the answer? Or is it because you've done your research, you've looked at the peer-reviewed papers, you've gone through different scientists, you've asked heaps of questions from multiple health coaches and trainers and everyone in the fitness industry and you've come up with that as your conclusion? If so, awesome. But I'm willing to bet every single person out there has not. Anywho, I hope all of that gave you some sort of context as to what happens in regards to weight loss, weight gain. If you have questions on any of it, ask me a question. And for any problem that you do have out there, regardless of if it's with me or if it's with any other coach or anything at work or just quite literally anything, come at it with empathy. Some people you just need to smack in the head with a fucking shovel. But for nine times out of ten... You can fix a solution by coming at it with empathy and emotional intelligence. Why is this person upset? Why is this going on? Why do I feel like this? Bring awareness to whatever the root cause of the problem could potentially be. Then you'll fix the root cause and not just hide the symptoms. So if you have questions on any of that, let me know. Otherwise, I hope you have the best fucking week in the world. And I love you all very much. Thank you for following along. And... Yeah, have the best week ever.